Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Michael's show is on the air. I know many of you are in uh, fantasy football, and it is postseason. Next week is championships, and many of you are sitting out there right now and uh, you know, looking for some help as you get ready for this weekend's matchups. Paul Chartian from LeagueSafePost.com and LeagueSafe.com. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. How you doing, Charge? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So uh, before we get anywhere else, I, I got to ask you, what is the optimism in Minneapolis right now? With the Because the Vikings have the easiest schedule, seemingly, between here and the end of the season. So what is the optimism for that team? To make the postseason, you know, it's uh, a lot of people think De- Detroit's going to lose out. I'm sure you guys and your talk, you guys have talked about this a lot as well. Detroit could very easily lose out the rest of the games. Um, you've got they've got a quarterback who's hobbled right now with a bad finger. They've got a tough road game with the Giants here, and the schedule only gets worse, and including a game with you. And um, and so you feel like that opportunity's there. Frankly, we see the Packers as a bigger threat than we see as, as the Lions as as a threat. And um, the problem, though, is as it's been all year, the Vikings' offensive line, as bad as it already is, they might be missing three more starters this week. Starting center, starting right guard, starting right tackle, all hurt and all missing practice so far. So you just, you start one, it's just, you know, how many guys can one offensive line lose? And you just, there's nobody left. I mean, they're, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a borderline tragedy because yeah. the, you know, the, the division is just there for the taking in a way it almost never is with uh, with the Packers and the Vikings. You know, you just can't you can't be assured that the that the offensive line can you know provide you even two yards of carry and two seconds in the pocket. Right. Yeah. No so there's a little bit of optimism right now, but you know that's you know it's all tempered with that. So let me ask you this because there's this re- I, I hadn't realized and maybe I just somehow missed it, but. When did we learn that James Starks was in a, an accident significant enough to get him in, into the concussion protocol? Um, was it yesterday during the press conference, Joe? No, it happened or was that no, today. Mike McCarthy announced it today. Okay. okay. And I guess Good. he was in a car accident on Monday. He says right. he's okay, but he's in concussion protocol. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I was going to say, I just found out about that in the last couple hours. And I'm, what? That, yeah. I mean, that's a big change. And if, okay, first, I'm specifically not hoping for injury or concussion on anybody, but. If Starks were out for this game, it really helps galvanize uh, Ty Montgomery as the starter. And for love of God, he should have been the starter all along. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand Mike McCarthy's rotation of backs and why he keeps dabbling on guys like Starks and you know, Jackson and Rakowski and Davis and Michael when 
Montgomery gives you something really special in the backfield that, that none of those other guys have. Do you think I'm nuts with that? No, I, I completely agree with you. All right, good. I, so I completely agree. Let's hope it's that. Now, the next question is, what can you do with a game that's scheduled right now to be negative two degrees and windy? What can you possibly you? And no team's better equipped for this than the Packers, right? But there's, I don't care who you are. There's some point at which you know, let's say that let's say the wind chill's minus twenty, which when it's negative two out only takes like a fifteen degree or fifteen mile per hour wind, right? right? They say it's going to be fifteen below with wind chills, fifteen to seventeen below with wind chills. Okay, great. So I, how much can you even get done with that? I mean, when I think of the Vikings and the Seahawks game from last 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 January. The, both teams are just running in molasses. I mean, everything is slow at that point, mm-hmm. and there was almost no scoring in that game. So I, I'm, I'm really nervous from a fantasy standpoint about how many points, even if for two teams as well equipped to handle cold as these two are. I think there is a point at which it's just so oppressively cold that you just can't get a lot done. Right, and we've seen this before between these two teams. As a matter of fact. And the Packers didn't get anything done, and they got beat down there in really, really cold games. The Packers have not been successful at Soldier Field. so I did not remember that. Is that recent history? Uh, 2003, 2007, 2008, uh, the, okay. the, the Brett Favre game when he actually threw the, the lateral pass, and it ended up blowing backwards, and Peanut Tillman picked it up and oh, ran it yeah. in for a touchdown, and then John Ryan went to punt. It went backwards when the winds were so bad. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was the coldest I've ever been in my life. That oh, was you the year the- they went to the NFC Championship game in that freezing, the Giants in that game. unbelievable temperature and then yeah. they ended up losing to the Giants yeah yeah I, I remember that well and Tom Coughlin looking like he was literally dead <laughs> slurping his own snot on the sideline let yeah. me slurping his own snot that's that's a grill, vivid yeah. portrayal right yes. there let me ask you this yes Alshon Jeffrey returns and I'm trying to figure out how to rank Alshon Jeffrey for this week because it it, it is a it's a tricky call uh on what to do with him in his first game back against your Packers secondary that's been generally pretty yielding for most of this season. Mm-hmm. In fact, that might be an understatement. But now you throw in all the horrific weather and the fact that basically any quarterback who's not Jay Culler always seems to ignore Alshon Jeffrey. What do you think about his prospects for success against your Packers? I look at it this way. The Packers defensive backs and both Rollins and Randall have come back and they've been getting healthier each week, which is yeah. the reason you're starting to see more and more picks. So right. I'm. If I had to pick it, I'd say Jeffrey gets a couple of catches, but he's also been prone to have some drops. Yes. Specifically in games like this, and uh, I would say that he's not going to hurt you too bad. He's playing for off-season money, right? He'll That's be all an he's playing for. Yeah. Free agent, uh, three games from now, and he's got to show something because he's coming back off of that suspension in which he was an idiot. Yeah, and injured. You're constantly injured too, right? Yeah. So I mean, nothing better for him than to you know put up massive games. But I wonder if. I wonder if the, the management and the coaching staff for the Bears want to help him like that, right? Do they want to drive up his offseason asking price? I See, I don't think so, and I don't really think they care too much for him now anyway. So, to me, yeah. I I wonder how much, you know, they actually look at him. I don't know. I agree with you. Yeah, there's a lot of variables there. Um, got one here for you. This guy, Andy, was first in today in the second round of his playoffs and needs a, some fantasy help. Half-point PPR flex spot. Britt? Marquise Lee or Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, gross. Um, well, Kenny Britt's out against Seattle, and I, I don't, you know, I, although the Rams have a a, a chance at, at a stunning upset uh, tonight, and that's that's a that's a legitimate chance because I'm 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 very worried about Russell Wilson in the passing game in this one. Um, 
but we're not gonna we're not gonna go so far as to start Kenny Britt. I can't start Ted Ginn. Can we talk for a minute about how bad Cam Newton has been? He's been awful. Awful. So part of it's not on him. He's missing his starting left tackle. He's missing his starting right tackle. He's missing his first and second string centers. Get that? But if you go since week two, he's averaging one touchdown pass per game. They don't let him run near the stripe anymore. Ever since the concussion in week four, they've stopped. They've all but stopped his running at near near the end zone. And let me ask you this. If I were to say, Bill, what's a good completion percentage for a quarterback? What what do you want a, a decent NFL quarterback to complete is, is uh, for a completion percentage? Decent is between 62 and 67. Great. Here's the last month for Cam Newton, and I totally agree with you. 42%, 50%, 44%, and 37%. He's That's never Cam been Newton. good. I mean, every I mean, his, you take away his MVP year, and I, you can't just take it away, but he, you, the MVP year was kind of an apparition. I mean, he's never been high percentage-wise. No, he's never been a high percentage. Right outside of last year, the you know the passing has always just sort of you know been on the side. You know, in addition to the running, mm-hmm. it's just all the wheels have come off this offense right now, and I I'm I'm deeply worried about Cam Newton, my number twenty quarterback this week, and rightfully so. Let's get to uh, let's get the phone calls. Tim, listening to us in Wauwatosa. Tim, how are you doing today? You got a question for Paul Chargia? Yeah. Hey, Paul. First of all, I want to say I've been playing this a long time, and I used to be a faithful buyer of the Fantasy Football Weekly. Nice. You did a great, great job on that magazine. Thank you very much. He's referring to we had the we back in the '90s, Bill. We uh, we started the first weekly Fantasy Football magazine. This is pre-internet, and so there was literally no there was no Fantasy Football content published in the world. Um, on a weekly basis in season. So there were a couple of draft guides you could get in the summer, and then that was it. So we started a magazine, and that's how I got my start in the industry in 1993. So yeah, thank you very much for being an early buyer. I, I appreciate it. every that. week. I loved it. Thank you. Real quick, um, I have a guy. I'm playing against a guy that has to play Tannehill, starting out ahead already. Well, yeah, Tannehill's, Tannehill's out. Yeah, exactly. He has, oh, he has no waivers and no backups. Wow, okay. He gets a zero. So do I play Aaron Rodgers? Given the situation, right. or do I go play Carson Palmer instead? Play Carson Palmer, and I would play. I would have. I have Palmer. Uh, Carmer. <laughs> I have Carson Palmer higher anyway. But let's take out all the variables that could happen negatively on that frozen field in Chicago, and let's just let's just take Carson Palmer here. It's a good matchup with the Saints anyway. They're a better secondary than they were last year, but they still rank 31st in passing yards allowed. So let's play Carson Palmer and just. Take our take our points. Nathan says uh, the Rodgers against the Bears or Winston against the Cowboys. So right now I've got Rodgers higher, but you know, as as we get closer to the reality of this game time kickoff temperature, I, I'm moving him down on my rankings. So for the moment it's Rodgers, and but and we've talked about that game a, bit, a fair amount. Let's talk about Winston and and the game that he's got coming right now through this five game winning streak that Tampa Bay is on. They've allowed just 13 points per game, and so they're doing it on defense, not on offense. During this five-game winning streak, he's only thrown 1.2 touchdowns per game, so it's not like he's been explosive at this time. The good news, though, he's got Mike Evans. Mike Evans has got a nice, nice matchup with uh, the Cowboys. You know, they've had uh, Maurice Claiborne's uh, been has uh, been out and will be out for this game, and they've got rookie cornerback Anthony Brown, and that's Evans is going to see a lot of him in this game, so. I, I like Mike Evans. He's my number one, uh, number one wide receiver. I like uh, I like Winston's uh, I like I like Winston's prospects in this game as well. And I think 
you know, if everything's going the way that you and I think it's going to go, Bill, we may be looking at a 12 to, you know, 9 or 7 or 8 point game uh, from for Packers and Bears. So, man, I'm showing I'm, – I'm nervous right now. Uh, let's go to Steve listening to us on the west side. Steve, welcome to the program. What's up? Hey, Paul. Um, I'm in a standard scoring league, and I've got a running back question. I'm starting Freeman, and I've got to choose between Rawls and Powell. Yeah, you're playing Rawls for sure, and you got it right. I mean, Freeman's got a great matchup with San Francisco, so you want to play Devonta Freeman as well. But Rawls tonight goes up against Los Angeles. I re- I'm really worried about the passing game for Seattle because the the Rams' defensive line is fantastic, and his offensive line is brutal. So I think they're going to be all over Russell Wilson again, and he's going to have another difficult game. Rawls, though, I like a lot. Los Angeles has surrendered a league high 825 yards over the last five weeks and seven touchdowns in the last five weeks to running backs. So I think Rawls is sitting on a big game, and the game plan is going to be to run him a lot tonight. Appreciate it. Let's go to Matt quickly in Wausau. Matt, how you doing today? What's going on? Hey, I got a couple of questions for you. Thanks for taking that call. I, I'm, uh, I've had Andrew Luck all year, but he's going up against Minnesota. Right. And uh, so I, I picked up Tyrod Taylor, who's playing Cleveland. Yeah, understand the temptation here, and I, I have, I do have Andrew Luck higher, but not a lot higher. And if you decide that you want to just, you know, roll the dice on Tyrod Taylor against Cleveland, I would understand that. But just know this: Tyrod Taylor, in his entire career, and Bill, think about how hard it is to do this. He's never had a 300-yard game, not once. Sometimes I mean, you can fall out of bed and get one. Exactly, garbage time, something, right? Never had a 300-yard game, and then there's this. They were already the Bills are already a run first uh, offense, and here comes the Browns. And I think Lashawn McCoy and Mike Gillisley are going to get a lot of work in this game, and I, I'm I'm nervous that Tyrod Taylor is going to be on the outside looking in. If Tyrod does not run one in, his arm gives you nothing, and that part worries me a bit. Viking secondary is without their best player on defense, Harrison Smith. I would try Andrew Luck here. It's, a, it's not a good matchup. My choices aren't good. I would try Andrew Luck. But if you decide you want, you would just want the upside that any player has against the Browns, you know, I'd respect that. I understand that. Paul Charchian joining us on the line. And, Bill. Yes. I want to see Chris Rock open for Kid Rock. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? That would be kind of cool. I'm going to be you out. And I want to see the, what the audience looks like. I mean, <laughs> you know, that would be fun. To see that, because, you know, we're drawn from different crowds, let's just say. Yes. That would be a good time. I want to go to the Chris Rock concert. I want to see that. I want to see him in concert. That'd be great. You know, people, I'm not into, Kid Rock's not my kind of music, but but everybody tells me that he puts on a fantastic show. I've seen him. He was at Super Bowl a couple years ago. He's okay. I mean, I've seen him like three or four times, but I've never been to a Chris Rock show. I want to go to I see Chris either. Rock. Because I, I, I heard it. I mean, I've seen him on, you know, cable, and it's, he's hilarious, but I just, I want to go there in person, you know, check it out for myself. It, this is just my personal thing. I, I grew up in a family that just said, we don't do race jokes, and we don't do race stuff. Right. And we don't compare people by race. And so when I hear comedians whose stuff is primarily white guy says this, black right. guy says this, it just it just it just doesn't sit with me even if yeah. I can, even if I know it's funny and I probably had to lighten up. It just I don't know. For me I, it, I, I struggle with it. I know. I just I wanna know. go. I just wanna go and be a face in the crowd. So I understand. There you go. Most people love him. And I'm not saying he's not funny because he is. Um Murray or Hill? Uh Jeremy, Jeremy Hill. Hill is a great case study in just paying attention to matchups. 
Get this. So, Jeremy Hills, you're starting running back for uh, for Cincinnati, and Gio Bernard's gone. When he plays the Cleveland Browns, he's eight yards per carry and a touchdown per game. When he plays any other team in the NFL, Jeremy Hill is three yards per carry and a half a touchdown per game. Now he gets Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a good run defense. No opposing runner has even hit 39 yards since back in week 10 against the Steelers. So it's a rotten matchup for Jeremy Hill. Um, well, there you go. Joe, does that answer any questions? Because I know you had a, had a question as well. Yeah, and, I, and the guy who had Latavius Murray and Jeremy Hill, same deal. Yeah, yeah Latavius Murray's my number nine running back. Jeremy Hill's 26. Oof. <laughs> Stay Good away job. from him. Uh, let's quickly, uh, we'll get to uh, Tom listening to us in Eau Claire. Tom, real quick, you got one? Go. I'm wondering about Mark Ingram, and I do have Deion Lewis, one or the other, and how about Julio? Um, I, 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 I've kind of lost track of where the question was, but let's, I know it's Mark Ingram versus, mm, I don't know, but Julio, let's mention this, uh, practiced a little bit yesterday, didn't practice today. I, his status is very much up in the air and frankly, they don't need him against San Francisco. So I think they're going to look at this game and go, you know what? Why risk Julio Jones against San Francisco? This is a win. We can get this win anytime we want it. And so I, I think he's not going to end up playing. If he does play, what's his usage going to be like? Is he going to be on the field in the second half when they're up by 20 points? I, I think there's a lot of reasons to show a ton of caution on Julio Jones. Uh, let's get to a couple more here. This one is, uh, let's see here. We got, uh, well, I got one that says A.J. Grant. Never mind. Let's go. Uh, Tom Brady or Derek Carr? Let's talk about Tom Brady because it's a really, really, really tough matchup, right? He's got Denver. So let's, you know, this is a, a tough one to figure out. So last week, we were nervous about Marcus Mariota going up against Denver. He ended up throwing for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, sorry, no touchdowns. No touchdowns and 80 yards. So, I mean, you know, awful, awful performance from a fantasy standpoint. Denver ranks number one against the pass in yards allowed. They're number one in passing touchdowns allowed. They're number one in completed passes allowed. I mean, it doesn't get the matchup doesn't get any harder than this. Now, Brady faced the Broncos twice last year, and he actually had pretty good stat lines in those two matchups. But this year's Bronco team is bad against the run. Last year's team was good against everything, and so I think the I think Bill Belichick just said, if, you know, if the Broncos are good against everything, I'm going to throw Tom Brady at him, and we're going to go we're going to go talent versus talent. This year, with the Broncos ranking 29th against the run. This game plan is going to be all about LeGarrette Blunt, and I'm really worried that Tom Brady's not going to have a bunch of volume in this game. Last year, he threw the ball 56 times in one game and 42 times in the other game. I think this year he could be sitting on like 30 or 32, mm-hmm. and that could be a huge difference against a great pass defense. So I'm nervous about Tom Brady. If you've got other good alternatives, I think you take him. I got Derek Carr up at number three at on the presumption that his injured finger is okay on 10 days rest. There you go. Charge, we will be talking championships next week. We appreciate it as always, buddy. Can't wait. We'll crown champions next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.